0: so great to be with all of you today. God, through his word, wants to tell you, never give up hope. Do you feel like quitting, throwing in the towel and giving up, whether it be a relationship, a prayer request, a decision to obey, your marriage, being a Christian or even life itself. I want you to listen to this message. I know the anguish can be overwhelming with so much pain and grief. Have you lost all hope in the midst of this crisis? God told us his name. His name is I am. And I like to believe that he is the God of the I am possible. The Bible tells us he can do all things beyond what we can ask or think. Look back and see his faithfulness as stepping stones over the obstacles in your life. Impossible is not in God's vocabulary and it shouldn't be in yours. Our passage for today is first Peter chapter four, and it talks about suffering. The question is, how can we suffer and still have hope? That's what many of you are asking. And God's word is going to answer that question today. In just a short message, you'll be so inspired and encouraged to never give up. Never give up hope. I'm excited to share with you another poem I wrote, so wait till the end. If you're watching this and you don't have any relationship or faith in God, keep watching and listen to how you can have a new faith with God and finally have hope that never gives up. I know many of you are going through difficult times during this pandemic. This crisis has tested your faith in so many ways. This passage, Psalm 103, verses 1 to 5, always encourages me. And let me read it for you. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits. Who pardons all your iniquities who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with loving kindness and compassion, who satisfies your years with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. Friends, I will not sugarcoat the truth. Following Jesus Christ is not easy. If we lived in the Middle East and other parts of the world, they put Christians to jail. Sometimes they're tortured, beaten, their homes are burned, and their families are displaced, their families are afflicted. Here in our country, we likewise need courage to be willing to face rejection, criticism, humiliation, peer pressure, harassment, opposition, and even hate for your faith. When you stand for what is right and true, guaranteed your faith will be tested. What do you do, for example, when your boss pressures you to do something that you know is illegal or unethical and you don't want to do it? And you're afraid because if you don't do it, you might lose your job. What do you do? What do you do when your friends are telling dirty jokes or gossiping about others? Do you stay there and and just smile? Or do you take a stand and, And tell them, let's let's change the topic. When you arrive at a party and everybody is getting drunk and wild, do you leave or do you just join in? When your Christianity is attacked, when it's humiliated and questioned in front of your peers, do you remain silent or do you speak the truth with love? How about this? When people criticize and bash your social media posts, those posts that express your convictions for God, do you retaliate or do you just entrust them to God? If today you're just cruising through life comfortably and never experience any of this, it either means, well, that you have not declared your faith to others or you are living a life of compromise and shame i don't want to waste your time so let's dive right into our message okay please turn your devices to first peter chapter 4 and we'll look at the verses okay now if you're in a season of struggle right now and you need hope i pray that this message will inspire you three points refocus respond and rejoice all right verses one to six talk about refocus can you all say refocus 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 your mind on Jesus. Verses 7 to 11, respond. Can you all say respond? Respond. Respond in love for others. Verses 12 to 19, rejoice. Everyone say rejoice. Rejoice. Rejoice in suffering for God's glory. Let's take point number one. Refocus. Refocus your mind on Jesus. Verses 1 to 6. In 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 1, it says there, Therefore, since Christ has suffered in the flesh. Now, what is this therefore, therefore? What's it talking about? Since Christ himself suffered in the flesh. Notice that. Jesus suffered opposition. He suffered harassment. Many death threats from the religious leaders who were insecure of their welfare. They whipped him. They beat him, he was mocked, he was spat on, all kinds of humiliation was put on him on the road to Calvary. He was ultimately nailed to the cross and died. Just so you are reminded, I want you to remind, be reminded of this. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15, look at it says, Jesus has been tempted in all things, just as we are, and yet without sin. Now, what does that mean to us? It means he knows, he understands, he feels, he sympathizes with all of our hurts and pains, everything that we're going through, he understands. In the next verse, 1 Peter 4, it says, arm yourselves also with the same purpose, because he who has suffered in the flesh has seized from sin. Peter is telling us that we must arm yourselves. In other words, be ready. How do we do this? Refocus our minds on Jesus. You are in a battle. And the more you say no to sin, believe it or not, you will suffer. But the result is, you will sin less and less. 1 Peter 4.2 says, So as to live the rest of the time in the flesh, no longer for the lusts of men, but for the will of God. Now here, let's be real. Denying our sinful Flesh that still lives in us, it's a daily battle. It is God's will, the Bible says, that you turn your back on sin. Every time, every time I try to fight sin on my own, I fail. I don't have the willpower, I don't have the strength to do it. But when I ask God to help me fight sin and bring him before my battles, that's what I can win. I need God daily in all my battles of temptation, Against sin. This is a spiritual battle, and it's a battle of the Lord's. The more you and I surrender to Him, the greater our victory over sin. And believe it or not, suffering can actually make you more like Jesus. Let's look at verse 3. It says, For the time already past is sufficient for you to have carried out the desire of the Gentiles, having pursued a course of sensuality, Lust, drunkenness, carousing, drinking parties, and abominable idolatries. Does this describe your former life? Maybe kulang pa, no? Well, it's easy. It's so easy to live according to your former sinful nature and indulge in all those sins listed here. What is hard is being a committed Christian. Notice, how the people of the world view and respond to God's people who choose to follow Jesus and stay away from a sinful lifestyle. Look what it says in verse 4. In all this, they are surprised that you do not run with them into the same excesses of dissipation. And they malign you. Can you imagine? To them, Christians are fanatics. We're weird, sometimes even fake. They think, Ah, it's so strange when Christians don't join them in doing what they do. And many times they malign us and they say, you know, it's not a bad thing to make lots of money. Even if it means, you know, cheating a little bit or bending the rules in order to be a success. Have you heard that? Some declare when it comes to morality, they say, well, it's my body. I do whatever I want as long as I'm not hurting anyone. Friends, I too was deceived and blinded by all those lies that I would tell myself for many years, just like them. Look at verse five. It says, but they will give account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. The harsh truth is there is no escaping God's judgment. Don't you feel compassion for them? When a person chooses to live their way against God, they have already settled their own judgment. What is our hope? What is our hope when we suffer living our lives for God? What's the title of our message? Never give up hope. Never give up hope. In the midst of crisis, struggle, oppression, even persecution, hope is seen in the heart of a young woman whose circumstance may be just like ours. She too was asking, what will happen to me in the future? How would I get out of my desperate situation? Is my life worth living when everything looks so bad? One thing that she had was that she was holding on to hope. Let me tell you her story. It happened many years ago as Joshua was leading the Israelites into the promised land. He first encounters the city of Jericho. And there he sends out two spies to investigate the city. While they were in the city, the king of Jericho hears about these two spies. So what does he do? He sends out his men to capture them. They run and hide and finally they end up, guess where? In the house of Rahab the harlot. What does she do? Instead of surrendering them, she hides them. And in return for keeping them safe, she tells the spies, Joshua chapter 2, verse 9. She says, I know that the Lord has given you this land and that a great fear of you has fallen on us so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. You see what's happening? This sounds like a hopeless situation, but she put her faith in the God of Israel. She asked the spies to swear an oath that when they conquered Jericho, they will save her and her family despise say to Rahab verse 18 you tie this cord of scarlet thread in the window through which you will let us down and gather to yourself your father and your mother your brothers and all your father's household you know i don't like going back to the original hebrew and greek words i don't want to sound scholarly but i discovered something that will blow your mind the first time the hebrew word tikvah is used in the Bible, it is translated as cord. Cord. Only here in the book of Joshua is the word tikvah, the word cord. In many other books of the Bible, when the word "tikva" is used, tikvah is written as hope. "Tikva" is written as hope. Such as the famous verse, Jeremiah 29, verse 11. You all know this. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for calamity. Plans to give you a hope and a tikvah, a hope and a tikvah, that's it. The word hope there is the word tikvah. So what am I driving at? While hope in English is an abstract concept, hope in the Hebrew provides us with a strong visual. It tells us about a rope that can be seen with our eyes. And this is something we can grab, hold on to with our own hands. In other words, biblical hope is something real enough that we can hold on to it. Hope is not something that is out of our reach. Let me show you again. Joshua chapter 2, verse 18. You tie this cord, this tikva of scarlet thread. What's he saying? Well, if I, had a, if I had a cord, if I had a rope, I could show you. Look at this perfect. This is exactly what I'm talking about. This is the tikvah. The scarlet thread tied to the rope was Rahab's hope. You see, friends, our relationship with God is like holding on to a strong rope. We can hold on and depend on him, never giving up. Even when we can't see what's ahead. Friends, we know who's above. We know who's above. Amen. For many years, I held on to the rope of my career, the rope of my achievements, the rope of my pride, the rope of my self-centeredness and selfishness. I was holding on to the wrong, false ropes all my life. You and I, we need to stop holding on to all the false ropes of life. They're not connected to the one true God. Never give up, hold on, to the hope and our rope to God. Please think about this. God put you on this earth. He made you in his image. He chose you and he appointed you not only to be his child, but to be his ambassador. Don't you think the God of this universe who who spoke and there was light, who parted the Red Sea, who resurrected Jesus from the dead, has control over what's happening in your life? All the suffering that is happening in your life, remember, first passes through the loving hands of your Father in heaven. Your suffering is meant for a purpose. Unless you know the purpose for suffering, you will give up. You will give up. Let me tell you, what is the purpose of suffering? And write this down. It is not to harm you, but to help you. It is not to punish you, but to purify you. It's not to damage you, but to discipline you. It's not to tear you down. It's to transform you. It's not to break you up. It's to lead you through a breakthrough. It's not to crush you. It's to make you Christ-like. That's the purpose for suffering. Hope is not based on circumstances. It is based on a person, the risen Jesus Christ. Biblical hope is confidently looking towards God for our future, trusting Him in our present and relying on His faithfulness in our past. Did you know that Israel's anthem is entitled, Hak Tiva, the hope. That's what it is, the hope. Now, friends, I want you to imagine, okay, that this rope, okay, is a timeline of your existence, all right? I like Francis's Chan illustration. Imagine that this rope extends forever it extends for it extends past the moon past the stars all the galaxies and beyond okay now here this this portion here this white part this represents your time on earth do you see the comparison between this and all of this now you just have a few short years of existence here then you've got all of eternity to live somewhere else what really blows me away is how some of you are so focused on living for this part alone. All you do is think about, I'm going to work so hard. I'm going to get comfortable in life. I'm going to buy a house on debt and, and get a car and, you know, find a, a place to travel, go and eat special food someplace. And this is what we're thinking. We're so consumed with the things of this earth. So tempted to indulge in, in these temporal things and pleasures. I'm like, Are you kidding me? This is crazy. Because the Bible teaches that what you do here during this little white part, this part of your life is going to determine how you're going to exist for millions and millions of years to come. The Apostle Peter says, Look, our suffering for Christ is just for a moment and is nothing compared to the glorious eternity that is waiting for us. So... I'm not going to live for the temporal here and now, but I will live focused on what is to come because that's what really counts. So when people say to me, you're so stupid for giving up your old life and making a decision for Christ, I tell them, no, you're the one who's foolish for living your life just for this moment. You're crazy. It doesn't make sense. And that's why we need to refocus. Don't be deceived into thinking that this is where life is. No. Friends, when fear and doubt tries to overtake your hope, just refocus your mind, refocus your heart on the eternal truth that God is trustworthy and he never changes. We need to refocus and keep praying. Lord, as we suffer for you, keep our eyes focused on the hope of our eternity. What's the title of our message? The title of our message is never give up hope. Never give up hope. And what's the principle that we learn here? The principle here is hope is refocusing our minds on Jesus and eternity. Now remember, the spies told Rahab to tie a scarlet thread on the the rope. So that's exactly what she did. She took a scarlet thread and she tied it around the rope which they used to descend from her window. And they said, keep that scarlet thread there so that when we attack the city, we will know where you stay. We know where you're staying. That's what she did. Let's move on. Point number two, respond. Respond in love for others. First Peter chapter 4, verse 7, it says, the end of all things is near. You're saying, the end? What's this referring to? This is referring to the coming of Jesus Christ, when he returns. Now, we don't know exactly when that date is. But what we know for sure is that compared to the time of Peter when he wrote this, we are far closer today. We are far closer today. It says, therefore. Therefore. Why? Because of this truth. Be of sound judgment and sober spirit. In other words, keep a clear head. Don't be filled with anxiety, hopelessness. For what purpose? The Bible says, for the purpose of prayer. Can you all say prayer? Prayer. Peter tells us that in the midst of our suffering, we don't just crawl into a corner and and cry. No, we we go out and we think of others. We think of others. We respond like Christ with love. Let me tell you, in a Zoom meeting we had a few weeks ago, one of the members started crying 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 out of compassion for her family who lived in other countries. She said that she knows that they're still not committed to Christ. And she said, what do I do? How do do I reach out to them? We all encouraged her to connect with them and use the go viral method of CCF. It's the best, simplest way to gather her family and relatives, reach out to them with God's word. And this is where prayer comes in. Prayer is holding on to hope with confidence that God will touch their lives. I want to challenge all of you right now. I want to challenge you pull out your phones. Okay. Take out your phones and scroll down your contacts till you find the name of a person that you're really burdened for someone you've been wanting to share the gospel with. There might be several of those, those names. So take one of those names and send them a message through Viber, WhatsApp, whatever media source you want to use. Okay. And the message is this, God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. And I'm praying for you. As simple as that. Would you do that right now? Yeah, right now, while you're going through this message, I know that you're great at multitasking, so do that. Okay. Now, can you imagine what if thousands of people got that message in the next hour, in the next day, I pray that God would use your message to start a conversation for you to speak about God's incredible faithfulness in your life. Look at verse eight, 1 Peter 4, 8. It says, above all, above all, keep fervent in your love for one another because love covers a multitude of sins. That word or phrase above all, it speaks of priority, preeminence of love. You see, when it says love covers a multitude of sins, it means your love is so fervent, it's so passionate that it will enable you to forgive those who offend you. Now, this doesn't mean that you tolerate sin. Not at all. But you still lovingly point out to them your stand for what you believe is morally right. If you have a little problem with this issue of loving others, I encourage you, meditate on God's unconditional love for you. Understand how he poured out his heart in love for you through his son, Jesus. And through that, you will experience powerful love that you can pass on to others. First Peter chapter four, verse nine, it says, be hospitable to one another without complaint. This literally means that we need to receive others into our homes, which in today's crisis may not be quite possible, but be hospitable means to meet their needs, to meet their needs. This is where you can join the community pantry that's set up by your satellite church or one that's close to your neighborhood. You can give generously. You can support CCF Tulung Tayo. It's a program that serves the needs of those in desperate situations. Oftentimes, when you are suffering, you don't think of other people. But the Apostle Peter is telling us to respond with love for others. When was the last time that you went out of your way to help others. You know, I was so touched when I heard of a tricycle driver who got what he needed in a community pantry. And then hours later, he himself came back and later donated a dozen eggs. Amazing. Loving others gives us hope. Pray with compassion for the lost. Love others with the love of Christ. Be hospitable. And then... Verse 10 says, As each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Peter here says that every Christian has been given a spiritual gift and is expected to use it to serve one another. Yeah, every single one of us, every single one of you should be able to identify where God has gifted you. And don't wait to be told where or how to serve. Friends, whatever you're burdened with, that's where your gift is. Whatever is a blessing to you and others when you use that gift, that's your gift. Just serve. And where you naturally feel burdened and experience joy in serving, that's your gift. It could be as simple as sharing God's truth to someone who has questions. It could be the the gift of mercy, where you simply listen to a person's problems and sympathize and cry with them. Let me tell you a story that happened after World War II. A small French town had a statue of Christ in the center of their town square. When the bombing happened, the statue fell down and it broke into many pieces. After the war, they decided to rebuild the statue of Jesus. And although it had cracks, they still appreciated it. Only the only pieces that they could not find were the hands of Jesus. And that was heartbreaking because the hands had the nail print, which was significant to them they thought that they would have to take the statue down until one person put up a bronze plaque at the bottom of the statue that said, I have no hands but yours. Isn't that so true? Today, Christ has commissioned us to be his hands, not only his hands, but to be his mouthpiece, to walk, to serve him and serve others, to to use whatever God has given us, talents, skills, gifts, to be service, to other people. We're reminded that we must respond in love for others in prayer, in fervent love, hospitality, and service, as we are representatives of Jesus in this broken and fallen world. Verse 11 goes on to say, whoever speaks is to do so as one who's speaking the utterances of God. What does this mean? It means our words make a difference. Especially when they express the words of God. Do you often listen to the words that you speak? You know, many years ago when when Facebook came out, I thought, what a waste of time, until I realized that it gives me a voice to speak forth the Word of God. With that objective in mind, every day for the past 10 years, believe it or not, since 2011, I've been posting my daily reflections of God's Word in my FB page. My prayer is just as the passage declares, second part of verse 11, so that in all things, God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. Why don't you consider using the many social media platforms available today that cost you nothing so that you can speak forth and share the word of God to inspire and lead others closer to Him. What's the title of our message? The title of our message is never give up hope. Never give up hope. The principle here is hope is responding to others in love. Let's look at point number three. Rejoice. Can you all say rejoice? Rejoice. Rejoice in suffering for God's glory. I want you all to imagine that we're on a plane. We're going on a long journey. And along the way, The plane starts experiencing massive turbulence and then suffers irreparable damage and will most likely crash. The stewardess stands up and shares in the loudspeaker serious situation of the plane and encourages everyone to wear a parachute. The problem is only a few of the passengers listen. Very few listen and humbly accept this certain outcome that they will need to jump from 15,000 feet. So they put on a parachute. The others just continue to stay busy, focused on enjoying their trip, not having a care in the world. They don't even bother to listen to this emergency announcement. I give you this illustration because the plane ride is our life journey. The plane crashing is the fact that we will all one day face death. The stewardess who shares the only way to survive the crash of the plane is someone who shares the gospel of salvation to you. You're told that when you receive the gospel of life, your life will not be smooth and carefree. You will experience problems and trials in life, but you will be saved in the end. As a matter of fact, you're told to be ready to expect opposition from all directions. In our passage, Peter encourages all Christians that are living for Jesus Christ that your faith is going to be tested. Don't be shocked. You must be willing to participate in Christ's suffering. Verse 12 tells us, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal among you, which comes upon you for your testing, as though some strange thing were happening to you. When you choose to believe and accept the gospel, be ready because trials will test your faith. By putting your faith in Jesus Christ, It's like, it's like putting on a parachute of faith on your back. Now, if I had a parachute, I could, I could show you we one second, huh? Can you believe it? They got me a parachute. Amazing. You know what? It's bulky. It's cumbersome. It's heavy. It's not easy to live with. First Peter chapter 413 says, but to the degree that you share the sufferings of Christ, Keep on rejoicing so that also at the revelation of his glory, you may rejoice with exaltation. Wow. Although the parachute of faith is not something comfortable in a way, it challenges you to persevere and endure. Why? Because it gives you peace and confidence that leads to rejoicing. Verse 14 goes on to say, If you are reviled for the name of Christ, you are blessed. Because the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. From the moment that you declare that you're a born-again Christian, you may be rejected, persecuted, humiliated, avoided, and hated by people around you. Remember, Jesus told us very plainly. He said here in John chapter 15, verse 18 and 19. If the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you're not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Many of the passengers on the plane of life who rejected the gospel, they're going to start looking at you wearing that parachute of faith and start laughing at you. They're going to laugh out loud. They're going to make jokes about you. They point their finger at you and mock you. They talk behind your back. They stay away from you. They don't want to have anything to do with you. In today's world, they don't like your Facebook posts. They even unfriend you. What's worse is when they start bashing you. Friends realize this it's Satan who is using these people. Take comfort, brothers and sisters, when you are being persecuted and suffer for doing what is right. This is a sign that you are doing what God wants you to do. They don't hate you. They hate what you stand for because it makes them look bad and feel guilty. Evil always hates good. Look at verse 16. This is our memory verse. Verse 16. But if anyone suffers as a Christian, he is not to be ashamed, but is to glorify God in this name. It's an easy verse to memorize, okay? Friends, Today, you might think to yourself, how embarrassing. Maybe I should take this off, this parachute of faith, and just be like like everyone else. It would be so much easier to endure this journey if I'm liked and accepted by everyone. But I know in my heart that if I take this parachute off and hide it under my seat, it's not going to work for me. It's not going to work. The Bible says, don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. You see, God is looking For men and women who are not afraid to identify themselves publicly as followers of Christ. Thank God for the privilege of being called by his name, Christian. Rejoice. The Bible says rejoice. Why? Knowing that you will be saved when you have to jump from the plane and when it crashes. The only way you will survive is holding on to the God of hope through this parachute of faith. Verse 19 says, Therefore, those also who suffer according to the will of God shall entrust their souls to a faithful Creator in doing what is right. I thank God for my parachute of faith, and I will gladly and joyfully keep it on my back. I commit to never let it go or give it up until the end, even if it means that I will be rejected persecuted, go through suffering from people on my journey of life. Even if it's heavy, bulky, and cumbersome, I know that it will save me. Just like our faith today, friends, don't give up your faith. Now this, of course, is just an illustration, a symbol, I'll take it off eventually, okay? What's the title of our message today? The title is, Never Give Up Hope. Never give up hope. What is the principle here? Hope is rejoicing in God knowing our life is safe in his hands never give up hope never give up hope what do we learn today refocus respond and rejoice whatever happened to Rahab and her scarlet thread of hope well friends when the walls of the city of Jericho fell the spies kept their word Rahab and her whole family were saved now although The scarlet thread was tied to the rope. The hope of Rahab was tied to her heart. She went from Rahab the harlot to Rahab the hero. The book of Hebrews in chapter 11 lists Rahab as one of the heroes of faith. In the book of Matthew chapter 1, it reveals the genealogy that traces the ancestry or the lineage of Jesus Christ. And it shows that Jesus is a descendant from the line of Rahab. Now, you and I may have a colorful past, filled with failures, filled with sins, but God can change our past with a Christ-filled present and future. Your family can be saved no matter what your past has been. Why did Rahab's rope have a scarlet thread tied to it? Well, it was just a symbol that God providentially used, not just in this story, but throughout the entire Bible reminding us of Hebrews chapter 9, verse 22, which says, Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. Our true hope and Savior, Jesus Christ, shed his sinless blood to wash away all of our sins. Jesus' bloodline is our lifeline. God today is throwing you a lifeline of hope. He's offering you hope of forgiveness and eternity in his presence through the sacrificial death of Jesus for you. Will you grab hold of the rope, the hope in God? You see, when you do, you need to let go of everything else that you're holding on to. Some of you feel that you're at the end of your rope. What do you do when you're at the end of your rope? You know what I'd suggest? I suggest you tie a knot. Tie a knot at the end of of your rope, because that knot will signify the promises of God that you can stand on. God's promises that will give you hope. Remember that your rope of hope in God consists of God's person, God's plan, God's power, God's promises, God's past faithfulness, and God's preeminence there is nothing else you need in life except God. Stop trying to make ends meet. Know that in the end, you will meet God. If today you need hope, never give up. Hold on to God, your rope of salvation. I'd like to invite you to humbly surrender your life to Jesus as your master and savior. And while you're considering this life-changing decision I'd like to share with you a poem I've written entitled, My Hope in Life. My Hope in Life. As I often ponder about the purpose of my life, I wanna serve God, even if it means there is strife. Taking that unforgettable step of faith, trusting Jesus, how he mended my torn heart from broken pieces. I could never have found my own way to heaven until the day I surrendered my life and was forgiven. He gives me the strength to face each day, knowing that he hears me when I pray. In gratitude and love, I want others to know him as well. Risking relationships, I don't want anyone to end up in hell. Nothing is more precious than his eternal gift, a truth that gives hope and leads to a radical life shift. Some don't understand the meaning of his priceless sacrifice, how Jesus gave his life so we could enter his paradise. I'm willing to fight and defend my faith Whatever the cost, knowing so many on earth may end up being lost. Many will ridicule, curse, and treat me as a fool. It doesn't matter, so long as I'm used as God's tool. It's easy to fear people's pressure, pain, and persecution. I just need to keep focusing on His love as the best solution. During the times that my faith is tried and tested, I simply remember how he first offered his life and rested. To turn my back on all that Jesus has done for my sake is out of the question, especially since many lives are at stake. As I face my future, knowing Jesus and I will be together, I will risk my life for others with hope knowing eternity is forever. If today God has spoken to your heart and you wish to give your life to him, join me in this prayer. And I also pray for everyone else that God gives you hope in your life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you are the hope of life and there is no other. I humbly surrender all my false hopes that I've been holding onto for so long. Today I confess and repent of my sin and I receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. I give you my life and I ask you to change me from the inside out and make me the person you want me to be. Thank you, Father. I pray this in Jesus' name. I also want to pray likewise for those of you here today who are suffering and and need hope in your life. Dear Jesus, you know the struggles that we are all facing. We thank you that you are the source of hope. And in the midst of all this uncertainty, Lord, we, we hold on to you, you alone. We don't want to be ashamed of you because we are truly grateful for all that you have done for us. Father, we ask that you remove the fear of rejection and give us a a spirit of boldness and courage to stand up in faith and be willing to suffer in your name. Oh Lord God, use us to lead others to know you in a very personal way. May we hold on to you as our hope and never give up. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you are holding on to us and you will never let go of us. We pray all of this. In the precious and mighty magnificent name of our lord and savior jesus christ may the lord bless you and keep you may the lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you may the lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace god bless you all i love you guys my friends i pray that god has spoken to you in many ways and if this is your first time with us today we hope that you would drop by our welcome lounge where you will be our special guest just scan on the QR code below and we would love to meet you and welcome you to the CCF family. And now let's jump on to Sunday fast track.